You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And welcome to another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider, Episode 22, folks. And the whole crew is back together. I know, you know, the last couple of weeks, one of us has been out, the other one has been out. The crew is back together on the football side of things. Of course, as we've been saying for all these weeks, if you like this podcast, first of all, we really appreciate the love and support. It has made this podcast get off to a roaring start. But we want to continue to grow it. You can help us do that by liking this podcast. Be sure to rate and review it. Tell your friends about it. Tell them they can get it wherever they get their podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. They can find us there. Just search Michigan Insider Podcast, and they will find the Michigan Recruiting Insider, Wolverine 247, and the Michigan Basketball Insider. And we got, last week, as a matter of fact, on the Michigan Basketball Insider, we got Hunter Dickinson's first interview here in town as a Wolverine. So be sure to check that out in case you missed it. But glad to have the crew back, uh, starting off first with one Mr. Bryce Marich. Bryce, how you doing? Doing good, doing hey, good. Hey, you went to a wedding, and you went to a wedding with your girlfriend, right? Yes, I did. You did. You took your girlfriend to a wedding, Bryce? Did she get any ideas, man? She was asking about venues. <laughs> I was not ready for that conversation. I was ready you for didn't the know? open bar, and I was watching the game. So you got to be bar. like, you got to be like Steve. Steve went to the wedding with his fiance. But if you right, are smooth operator, yeah. I but know. if you aren't ready for that, you gotta, you gotta think it, Steve. I'm, come on. How yeah, how he, did we have this conversation with Bryce before he went to the wedding if he wasn't ready to have that conversation? Uh, Listen, I felt like Tanner Morgan. I got blitz. I didn't see it. I just got blitzed. It hurt. <laughs> That's poor coaching on our part, Steve. Uh, yeah. Hey, he's the one that he talks like he's this expert. I feel like sometimes he doesn't really need our advice. I guess he's kind of kept quiet about it. So live and learn. Right, right. Well, guys, uh, certainly we all had eyes, whether we were locked in front of our televisions at home or at a wedding. Uh, you had your eyes locked on Michigan season opener. And as season openers go, I mean, look, guys, you know, year after year, you're going to have question marks, some more than others. This year, a lot of question marks on the offensive side of the ball, quarterback being number one on the list. And for them to go on the road against a ranked team and make a good Minnesota team, I think Minnesota's good, but they made Minnesota look like dogs. They made them look terrible. That says something to me about Michigan, about their preparation, about the the level that of 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 being dialed in that this offense is, especially right now, and a quarterback and Joe Milton. That all the things that we've heard, and I know you guys heard them too, about how well he was doing in practice. Boy, did it translate! I mean, think about it. After that punt, that that initial punt, ten straight drives where they were it was either a touchdown or a field goal attempt 10 straight drives I don't know how you look at that and be anything but encouraged with with the direction for Michigan this season you know one of the funniest things was immediately after the game I was watching it with some of my buddies and and one of them kind of made a comment that stood out to me he said he's like I never felt like this game was in in doubt because of how comfortable Milton looked at quarterback, he's like immediately just immediately felt like he was in control of the game offensively. You know, kind of the maestro of the offense there. Um, but being able to run the ball as easily and as well as they did uh, doesn't hurt either. But no, I mean, considering like you said, most of the questions were on the offensive side of the ball. You're you're seeing, and we've talked about this before, the way they've recruited at receiver. You know, you've got Xavier Worthy coming in next year, kind of the big name there, but just a different caliber athlete at the skill positions that they have now from top to bottom. And it's not just one or two guys. There's four, five, six guys. Even take a guy like Eric All, who looks like an elite athlete at his given position. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it's, man, I mean, yeah, what they say, there was no – guy that had over like it's like just the diversity of of not just guys that they got involved but how they got different guys involved um 
you know, it is, it's pick your poison. I mean, cause you could argue Ben Mason was one of the most important players for them offensively. He's a guy we barely talk, you know, we didn't really talk that much about in preseason. Cause we weren't really sure how are you going to use him? How often are you going to use him? So no, I mean, you gotta, and you know, that's a, the crazy thing is, is a guy like Milton with his skill set is just going to get more and more comfortable as the season goes on, you know? So I think I always say, it's for Michigan fans. It's okay to be excited. About something. Like, <laughs> well, you, it's okay. Hey, you know? dude, you got to repeat that over and over again because you you know how fans are. I know, Steve. I know. But you watch that game, and it is. It's it's it doesn't mean anything yet. But you know, it's like they're still they still got a tough slate ahead. They have maybe the toughest slate of anybody in the Big Ten, at least for sure ahead. But it's okay to be excited, you know, about what they did on Saturday and what it looks like they're capable of doing um, on both sides of the ball. But offense just, yeah, like that. that's like you said, that was where the most question marks were. So uh, great start there. Yeah, Joe was just, I mean, <laughs> you couldn't have scripted it much better. Everything that they said about his poise, everything that they said about his accuracy, everything that we've been reporting on in that regard was proven true. Now, one game does not, a season or a career make. He has a lot more to prove. But as debuts go, I don't see how you could have expected much more from the offense or from one Mr. Joe Milton, who was just I mean, he was out there like he was a like he was a third year starter. That's the the kind of poise that he displayed out there. And even when things were going well, I mean you could see how I mean you could see you could see adversity or the response to adversity kind of manifest or lack of composure manifest a couple of different ways. You can have guys panic when things go wrong. Or you can have guys just get really excited uh, and, and, and try to push the limits when things go well. And you didn't, you saw him, even when things are going well, he didn't try to force any balls or, you know, try to make big plays, try to play outside of himself. Did none of that. Just really was the, the model of composure for his team, and that's that's a very, very good sign for Michigan, as was the performance of the running game, Bryce. I mean, the running backs, four of them all impacted the game, and they started out the, they started out the contest. The very first play was called Donovan Edwards, Bryce. It was called, okay, guys, let's run Donovan Edwards. And what was that play, Bryce? And I don't know that it was really called Donovan Edwards. <laughs> I don't know that it was really called Donovan Edwards, right? But who, who didn't look at that and think, Hey, this is the this is Donovan Edwards. Is that analyst holding a picture of him above his head on the sidelines? Yeah. I'm at the wedding and I'm watching the first play. And that was the first thing I thought of. I'm like, you know, they throw a little pass to Blake Horn. He takes it for 24 yards and it shows off his, you know, athleticism and speed, kind of what we've been talking about in far reports. But I'm thinking, that's an interesting first play call. And then I'm thinking. He's Donovan Edwards, who's one of the top, maybe he is the top target for the 2021 class out of West uh, Bloomfield High School. That's one thing he's really stressed with you, Sam, is he's like, listen, I want to see how the running backs are utilized. And so for that, be the first play was interesting. I thought just having all the running backs be really involved was interesting. And a lot of recruits took notice of it. I know he took notice. Um, I know Dante Moore, who's actually worked with Joe Milton um, in the offseason because right. Joe worked with Devin Gardner. Mm-hmm. And so Young you could kind of see, see some of those improvements exactly. And so Dante was like, listen, I asked him about it. He's like, I'm not surprised. He said, I saw Joe's poise. I saw his arm strength. But I also saw his touch. I saw his leadership when I was working with him. And he's a guy that – I just knew could take command of the offense One, he got the reins. And so that really impressed him. And another guy that really got impressed by Michigan was Will Johnson, who's a Michigan legacy. Mm -hmm. And the thing that stood out to him was Makari page who got to see a lot of time. who's really close with. So there's a lot of, a lot of guys, a lot of top recruits that are really impressed with Michigan from that, just that first performance. I know I'm not saying they're going defeated, but they really got impressed and it's going to help in some recruitment. Yeah, I remember being at the at the West Bloomfield Clarkston game, which it'll be interesting to see if those two 
meet up in the playoffs because they it's a collision course if they uh you know if they both kind of do what I think they're gonna do here over the next few weeks. But you know, as much as I was having conversations with people about Donovan, they were raving about, hey, did you see Makari? Makari at the at that point, you know how depth charts are, guys. These the depth charts during the offseason, they change week to week. But the one that they were talking about was the one that had Makari Page at the very top of the depth chart. Now, I you know, could it have been a situational thing? I think it was around the time where they were thinking about Dax at corner. There's a lot of different things, a lot of different reasons that he could have been number one on the depth chart. But what was important was that he was in the mix. Even if he wasn't sorry, he was going to be in the rotation. And so they were. that was just huge for them. And I remember talking to his dad, asking him, is this uh, – talking to Donovan's dad. And it, Do you think this would be a factor for Donovan? Absolutely. Absolutely. He said, because, you know, it's – First of all, that's his guy. That's like his best friend. Second of all, it shows the willingness for them to lean on a young guy, to to put the ball in the hands of or to put a defender, a young defender on the field immediately, game one, and he's out there. And it wasn't just when when Dax went down. Makari was out there before that. He played more when Dax went down, but he he was playing throughout the game, so – that registers as much as the outcome was a big deal and it absolutely was and you guys nailed it who played who was prominent in that mix was also a major major factor Makari Page Blake Corum those guys having big games or you know you know being have being prominent in their debuts not necessarily big games but being prominent in the game in their debuts I think resonates with a guy like Donovan Edwards. And I wonder, Steve, if you look at a guy like Mike Barrett coming out to shoot, and they have been saying, remember, Josh Newkirk. We got to shout out Newkirk because we're going to talk to Newkirk later on in the show. I remember sending Newkirk first down to the Valdosta. They had a satellite camp in Valdosta, Georgia. And the guy we wanted to see was Mike Barrett. And he went down and he said, Sam, this is – Mike Barrett, he's just, a, he's just a fantastic athlete, man. He could play so many different roles. And he said, you know, we got to come back. And then he went back to South Georgia to see him uh, play a game. And he said, look, I'm telling you, this guy is going to be a ball player for Michigan. And once Barrett got here, you know, they play around with what position he was going to play. But eventually, as you get into – got into this offseason, they were saying there's not going to be a drop-off from Kalik Hudson. Matter of fact, some of them went so far as to say he's going to be better than Kalik. Now, too early to say that, Steve, but man, it's not a ridiculous thought to have. You could definitely gauge that from game one, and if you're a Viper target like you just went to see here recently, you got to look at Mike Barrett coming out to shoot thinking like, man, that would be a great defense to play in. So you think you'd be going to Hilton Head Island, it'd be a vacation, but really the vacation was taking some time to go see Jalen Sneed uh, up at Hilton Head Island High School. Uh, got to talk to him and, and his head coach for uh, probably a good 45 minutes or so, mostly talking with the coach, uh, Jalen himself, not really a real vocal guy, but did uh, reiterate, uh, you know, Michigan recruiting the heck out of him. Don Brown, Harbaugh, Gene Mary, Jean-Marie, whatever um, <laughs> are all are, are, are all involved. He's supposed to be speaking to Jim Harbaugh sometime this week thing with him outgrown the backer spot or is on, or is on the verge of outgrowing completely outgrowing the backer spot is a guy I could easily see as sort of, you know, Michigan, they're pretty flexible in the type of Viper that they'll recruit. Uh, but he really is a guy that fits that more the lankier, um, He's also that guy who is so good that they just play him at quarterback because he's just that much better than everybody else on, on his team and against the team that they play. Uh, he's been playing with his hand down a little bit this year as well. Uh, they've just really been, you know, it's just one of those, he's just really good. So we just put him in the biggest spot. He can make the biggest impact in, uh, but a guy that was quiet. So we didn't know a ton, ton, at least at this point about where his recruitment was uh, Michigan, right in the thick of it. I would argue that right now, or at least based on who he personally likes the most, I think Oregon is probably a big factor. Uh, they've done a lot of 
you know, Cristobal, uh, Nick Sable, Nick Saban disciple, they know how to recruit they do. Uh, guys really, really well. They have a really good way of trying to connect with kids and their families. So they Oregon's done a really good job of that. Michigan, I got the sense. Definitely, he's an academic kid. He's a near 4.0 student. He's also considering Virginia, actually. Virginia was a school that was mentioned a lot. If that gives you an idea that academics actually might really be a thing here. Um, mom's from Texas, so he's considering Oklahoma and Texas, too. Note that Michigan, uh, Clemson, North South Carolina, really mentioned, and his head coach told me, he would be surprised if he stayed close mm. to the area. Seems like a, in which, because, you know, you go down to see a kid in, in Hilton Head in South Carolina, you wait, you know, the question I asked was, well, okay, so when Clemson offers, is this one over, you know, for everybody else? And I got a resounding no. Um, but other thing with Michigan, I feel like they've really picked it up as of late too. He's been a guy for them the whole time, but I think they're really picking it up now. I think they, I clear to me, they're aware that he's willing to leave the area. Um, just be a matter of same as it is a lot of these guys trying somehow to get him up to campus at some point. I'm not sure if that's viable this season for him or not. Um, but then the other thing is Michigan's got to win mom over mm-hmm. and that's going to be a really big one. But from a positional standpoint, you know, I think we have him in the top 100. I definitely think he's a top 100 player after just seeing him in person and his film so far this year has been really, really good. So Michigan has recruited backer and Viper really, really well. I think this is a guy that they can afford to just keep going with, see where it goes from there and, and, you know, stay on it. But again, just got to flip the film on and say, Hey, you get a chance to make all these plays every Saturday. If you play this spot for us. So peculiar recruitment though, like I said, wouldn't think a kid from Hilton had Oregon, Oklahoma, Texas, Virginia, Michigan, uh, not what I would have expected when I got there. So definitely glad I went in and checked him out and, and kind of got the scoop on that one. Yeah, BJ, BJ meaning Brian Jean-Marie and BJ Payne, the coach at, at Hilton Head, they go back and and BJ, Michigan's BJ, got one of the Hilton Head players over at Texas. Yep. So, so that's a plug. And then when BJ Payne, the Hilton Head coach, uh, before he waited down to South Carolina, he was a coach in Ohio, and he had a kid named Courtney Avery, who you guys may remember. Yes. You guys listening may remember. So he's he's partial to Michigan, uh, understands the the tradition and the history, and he's gonna between the personal relationship he has with Brian Jean Marie and his prior experience with Michigan from being an Ohio guy, uh, he's at the very least gonna keep Michigan. In the mix. Now, that doesn't mean that Michigan's going to get them. I mean, to your point, you got a lot of other schools that are are in the mix, and mom is going to be the ultimate factor as far as influence is concerned. But I think Michigan is assured a seat at the table uh, because they are they have made such a strong impression on uh, on Coach Payne, and you know, film the combination of academics and athletics. Uh, you know, there's a lot to sell. It's just a matter of being able to to get them up this way. Another guy that you wonder if the opening week made any impression on was a guy that we've seen a lot, talked to a lot. We even had Josh Hinchke go out and film his opener to the season, talking about Rayshon Benny, Oak Park offensive lineman slash defensive lineman, or he probably would prefer it the other way, D-line, O-line. I only played O-line in the game, as you guys will see in the upcoming highlights, but... You know, the the schools remaining in the mix, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, and Kentucky. I think it's a Michigan-Michigan State battle. Uh, If that is indeed the case, guys, then one school looked really, really good, Bryce Marich. The other, I mean, I've been saying if you lose to Rutgers, you need to be questioning your value as a football team. You need to be questioning whether or not it's worth playing anymore, whether you have even a, the slightest chance of winning a game if you lose to Rutgers. And, I, and that goes for any team that loses to a North, North, uh, North Jersey team. Sorry to say that, Jabril. Love Jabril Peppers, my guy. But you lose to the Giants, the Jets, or Rutgers, you might not win another game. 
And I don't know about you guys. I don't know about you, Bryce, but that's what I think when I watch Michigan State. So I'm curious, you know, if this will be something in the grand scheme of things that in Rayshon Benny's case, who's looking at both schools, if if the opening weekend will have an impact on him one way or the other. You know, I mean, it's a brand. I don't know if it's a good brand, but it's a brand. Um, <laughs> I I guess you can pitch early playing time. You could. Seems like there's plenty of opportunity to play there. You know, they could use the help. Um, no, I just, we, you know, with Michigan, we've talked about them and this recruitment quite a bit. It's the relationships. He's known the guys, you know, on the staff. We've mentioned Sharon Moore, who's Michigan's ace recruiter, who's kind of been on top of this recruitment as well as Sean Nua. It's been one of these recruitments. It did get pushed back, but like you addressed on the board, Sam, and kind of we talked about, it's not for the reason of, you know, Michigan's falling off, son, just because he pushed it back. It's just simply due to, you know, he's focused on the season. He's finally playing. He's back from injury that he uh, experienced in the offseason in a car accident. He's finally back. He's trying to focus on the season. And once that's done and out of the way, he's going to make this commitment finally. So if you look at all his schools in his top four as well, I want to say other than Michigan, they're not really impressing. Penn State loss. Kentucky hasn't been that great. Michigan State, obviously, we just addressed. And then you have Michigan. So I think right now Michigan's in the best position. And it's simply just got to seal the deal. And I think with the connections he's got, it's going to come down to that. Yeah, he's talking about deciding uh, on November 9th. Uh, And so uh, it's certainly when this decision was made to delay, it led some to believe that it was an ominous sign for for Michigan, specifically and a positive sign for Michigan State. Uh, The cause and effect weren't really there. You know, it was a matter, guys, of timing, of not conflicting with his, not conflicting with you know his school schedule, his practice schedule, his team, uh, by moving it out, he's able to focus uh, more on the here and now, academically and athletically, where he's looking to finish out his senior season. Uh, you you look at the the timing of it does or or de- the delay of it does it assist schools that might be chasing? Absolutely, it gives them more of an opportunity to make up ground. But the flip side of that is now he also gets a chance to see these teams on the field. And if you watch these teams on the field, I mean, man, especially if you're looking at Michigan versus Michigan State, you look at those two teams on the field, you really got to ask yourself, do you want to win? You know, do you do you want to win? Do you want to be a part of a rebuild? Or do you want to go and have a chance to win right now? Because one of these schools looks pretty far away from contention. Uh, anywhere close to being in the conversation for contention. And you wonder how much that that weighs on him, especially considering, think about this, Oak Park is a perennial power. Oak Park, uh, under Coach Carter, under Greg Carter, they have been for years. Everything Greg Carter touches, going back to DePoris, you know, going back to the DePoris day, every school he touches has been big time, but this year has been, a really bad year for, for Oak Park. Injuries, the, the pandemic, they have taken their toll, and it is this is not a typical year for them. They'll bounce back because they the coaching and the talent is too good for them not to bounce back. But my point is the experience that Rayshon Benny is having this year on the football field with losing, you got to think, Steve. I mean, you go through it uh, and you see what it's like. I, you got to imagine that, that that weighs on a guy, making him think, I don't know if I want to be a part of something like that moving forward. And, I, and it's it's not as if Michigan doesn't need defensive tackles, right? I mean, he'd have an opportunity. I don't know if he'd be a guy you walk in and he he's a, you know, on the uh, running the two deep right away at day one. But it's not like he's like two or three years down the road from potentially making an impact. I mean, they need defensive tackles as much as they need any position right now. So, because, I mean, early PTs, like the only thing at this point I could think of as far as Michigan State's concerned, where they have any kind of, like, say, I I suppose, I guess if he doesn't, I guess we're at the point now, at least in my mind, if he doesn't commit to Michigan, it's because he never wanted to go there 
in the first place. Like there's no, right. you know, there's really not everything <laughs> else is screaming Michigan. He's decked in Michigan gear, like be an elaborate troll job uh, at this point, I think in my opinion, if, if it was to be Michigan state, but yeah, I mean, you know, Rutgers scored 38 points on Saturday. Um, they didn't score. They had only scored 14 points total until their sixth big 10 game last season. Um, 21 game losing streak in the big 10, just, you know, disaster on the field for Michigan state on Saturday. Can't assume logically that they're going to have much of a shot on Saturday either. So, yeah, I mean, might be a bigger and, and longer rebuild than I think maybe even the most pessimistic Michigan state fan uh, may have saw after what you saw on the field on Saturday Cause it should have been worse than 38 to 20 if we're being honest. So. Yeah, seven turnovers. Did you practice? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, was, just... <laughs> I was like, man. All right, so let's let's switch gears, guys, and and look down the line. Not to say that you look past Michigan State. It's you know, it's an important game, a red letter game. They've they circled it. A rivalry, one of Michigan's three rivalry games. But looking down the line a little bit to the Wisconsin game, which is going to be really interesting, is Graham Mertz going to be available for that game? Waiting to hear from. You're hoping that he will be. You're hoping that this was a false positive that he had. But the you know a, there's a recruiting backdrop to that game, a very interesting one. And, Bryce, I think you were the first to report on this, that the, the recruits in the class started talking about putting together their own visit weekend. If you've listened to this podcast, you know that for <laughs> since the spring, college athletics, college football – They've been in a NCAA mandated dead period, which means there can there can be no in-person contact on or off campus. So no official or unofficial visits. Anytime a kid comes to campus now has to be what we're calling a dead period visit where they have absolutely no contact with the coaches. Not certainly can't go to the building and go inside and talk to them or any of the facilities, but you can't even talk to them on the phone while you're on campus. You can't zoom while you're on campus. So no contact. So when they go to campus, they truly have to be there on their own. And so the recruits got together and they said, Bryce, let's do our own thing. Let's have our own visit weekend. And this is turning into a really big deal coming up for the Wisconsin game. Yeah. So we've kind of been reporting at it for a while. Um, It's led by Michigan's top commit, I guess, five-star quarterback, JJ McCarthy. He's kind of been the guy, leading the train on this uh, big recruiting weekend. He's trying to compile top talent in terms of the commits, in terms of uncommitted guys. So you're going to see a lot of names. You're going to see guys kind of come and go. We don't have a tentative list. We kind of are building one right now as we speak. But there's some huge, huge names expected to be in Arbor for that weekend. Yeah, a couple of names, Bryce, that you saw on that, that trip out to Arizona. Now, what is it, like a month, month and a half ago? when you went out there and we knew it was going to be loaded and you had conversations with a few of the top targets that we now know are slated to be in town that weekend, starting off first with a guy who, as we sort of handicapped Michigan's 2021 cornerback recruiting, felt like Michigan was in the mix. We talked about it. They're, they're on the list, but odds are you just feel like he's going to stay out West. I mean, the whole acting thing and, you know, at USC, the USC film school, Dante Williams, the corner coach is closer to home. Just felt like Michigan had a better shot at Omarion Cooper, the Florida State commit, than they did with the Cali kid that you saw from Los Angeles, Loyola, Sierra Wright and Bryce. He slated to be in town that weekend. Huge. It's, I mean, it's massive. And that was one of the things when I went to go see him, he really stressed to me. I, I love Michigan. And the dad said, I really like Michigan too, but they've never seen in person. You know, when I asked him kind of, I was like, listen, would you commit to a school about seeing it? He kind of looked at me like possibly, but probably not likely. So for him seeing Michigan first time, this is huge. You know, obviously you're not going to be able to experience everything. You're not going to be able to talk to the coaches, but he's going to get a sense of the campus. He's going to get a sense of kind of the flight going through that. How, how is this? Is that too long? Is he comfortable with that? And kind of building that rapport of some 
if he does commit their future teammates. Right. So that's a big thing with him. And I know for him, man-to-man defense, he really likes how Michigan plays that. He feels like it's a perfect fit. Another thing is David Long. David Long went to the school. He saw David Long's path from Loyola to Michigan to eventually the Rams. So that's a guy he's talked with, trained with, and David Long himself has put in a good word for Michigan. And the last thing is, as we've noted, he's going to be a big actor. But he told me, he said, listen, I actually want to major in business. I want to go in business. I want to be able to take care of financially myself and run the numbers myself. So Michigan looks good in terms of business schools. So there's a lot in their favor. And at this point, I kind of feel Michigan's got a better shot knowing he's visiting than Omari and Cooper. Steve, I feel like I kind of need to switch my take on it as well. I mean, if he does make it to campus here in a couple of weeks on his own dime and he's able to get together with the other recruits, uh, you know, really see he's a big academic kid too, uh, you know, to really see that balance that you can achieve as a student athlete here uh, to really see the, the, the footsteps, if you will, of, of a guy like David Long in person to kind of see the path that he walked. I think that's huge. And I think that Bryce hit on another really, really key point, the chance to hang out with the guys that would be in your class. He's already getting a good pitch from the Cali contingent. You get a good, a good pitch from, from Darion Green Warren, uh, Damani Jackson, who we're going to talk about, not committed to the class, but speaks highly of Michigan, as does his dad, Randy, uh, to be in that environment, uh, to have the recruits sort of be unofficial proxies. I mean, Michigan, the coaching staff, their program has nothing to do with this weekend. But you you know they got to feel like, man, it's a a good bounce if you got your your commits around really selling the program for you. Uh, That is a huge, huge bonus for them, and I'm curious – how much it would swing the pendulum for you if Sierra Wright really makes it here to campus in a couple of weeks. So you're going to use some of that Space Jam money <laughs> to fly out, huh? I mean, a, I, mean I, I just go back to Greg Biggins saying that he, that Wright was the most enigmatic kid uh, as far as de- of future destination uh, in the West Coast. I know that a couple of USC crystal balls went in there. Kind of, at the time, sort of felt like well, we should probably, you know, probably should try to make a stance, some kind of stance here. USC makes the most sense because it's so close. He hasn't seen anybody else. But yeah, 100%. I mean, you have one guy in Florida that you love, that you're after. You got a guy in California. Like, one of them makes the trip up. One of them doesn't. You always got to feel better about the guy that's makes, that makes it to campus. I mean, it's just there's too much that can be gained by seeing it in person uh, compared to – the virtual visit or any of the other, you know, the zoom stuff. I mean, that can, that stuff can help. Right. I mean, we've seen it help um, in some guy with some guys in the 21 class, but getting to campus is such a huge deal. And really, I don't think we've read or heard about him possibly visiting anywhere else. Uh, I know Nebraska's been heavily involved there too. He sounds like he's interested in them. I've not heard anything about him potentially visiting there. I don't think he's seen Oregon, you know, and, and, Granted, it's on the West Coast, but that's still kind of a, that's actually a little bit of a trip too from LA to um, Eugene. But but still, no, I mean for him to come all the way out on his own dime, it's worth a lot for a guy to come out on his own dime in a regular right recruiting cycle. Right, but to do but to do it now with everything that's going on um, is is it is like you guys said, it's massive. Uh, and now all of a sudden, Michigan's playing well. Michigan starts off well. Now all of a sudden cornerback recruiting look looks like they might have something kind of cooking here. It could turn out to be a situation where they might lead for both of these top, you know, even with Cooper committed to Florida state. I mean, we saw uh, Florida state's roller coaster continue on Saturday, you know, could be a situation where they might be in really good spots with both of these guys right. if they really wanted to be. So uh, funny how a little bit of patience, a little bit of, more great cornerback play from Michigan on the national TV uh, can really do wonders for you uh, from a perception standpoint. So now Wright's a great player. He'll be a big, 
big race if they can pull that one out. Yeah, and so you also he he might not be the only top twenty twenty one. Again, we talked about Donovan Edwards earlier. Uh, he's a guy that's talking about potentially making it in. I imagine you know what's going on as far as the playoff schedule is concerned will really dictate a lot as far as that's concerned. But they're working on getting him in. Uh, a guy that's committed. If you we move on to the twenty twos guys. And we all think very highly of this guy. This is a a top-ranked kid that Michigan has a great shot at because he is a lifelong Michigan fan. His dad is a huge Michigan fan from Youngstown, Ohio, where Mike, Mike Zordich is from. We've, taught, we've told you this story before with Damani Jackson. He is the real deal. I mean, just an athletic freak. One of the fastest DBs in the country, but it gives you the size, gives you the moxie that you like to see uh, at that position, and just happens to have an affinity for Michigan. But it, it, the thing is, guys, and we talked about it before, this affinity without really experiencing it himself. It's all secondhand from dad. So the, you know, the chance to get him on campus, to see it, to feel it, to you know, to to see what his good friend Darion Green Warren is is going through right now is absolutely huge, Steve. And when we saw the news, uh, and Greg Biggins reported that Damani Jackson was going to be here, the number one corner in the country, we've been saying, hey, he'd be a five star in this class. He'd be a top player in 2021 if he's he's that good. And here, this kid on his own dime, Steve, making his way to Ann Arbor. It doesn't get much bigger than that. As I was going to say, I mean, this is – you don't want to say it's their one shot because it, it, maybe it won't be. We don't know what things are going to be like in six months or whatever or what his timeline is going to be. But this is – you know, Michigan's got to swing for the fences here. Uh, they have a lot of ins, but he's far from a lean, I would say, or anything like that at this point, right? I mean, because he's got uh, everybody throwing the <laughs> kitchen sink at him. He's right. got Ohio State. Clemson, obviously USC has gotten buzzed too, you know, with the Cali kid, the LA deal. Um, Texas, where five-star defensive backs seem to go to fade away under Tom <laughs> Herman, but still a, a school that is really getting a lot of interest there. So no, he's got everybody after him. Michigan, obviously, as we've said, has he's been a constant has been a constant for him in this recruitment. And yeah, just like Ruth Wright, again, this is a kid that could choose to go visit really could go visit anywhere if he wanted to on any given weekend. The fact they're choosing to go to Michigan is as good a sign as you're ever going to get that Michigan is a, I mean, legitimate factor, almost be underselling it like right at the top of the race for this one. You know, uh, they'd be one of the last three hats on the table type deal. If you put three hats on the table when he makes his choice. So, um, so yeah, no, I mean, this is, it is swing for the fences type visit. And uh, a guy that, yeah, I mean, the, the, the ends that they have that are, that were out of their initial control are going to give them such a good shot to impress here. Because if he's a kid that had Michigan stuff up in his bedroom when he was a kid, you can get him on campus, see the wall of all American. Well, no, I guess he won't be able to see any of that stuff actually, but just to get a feel for the campus, get a feel for the program. You know, you can start imagining yourself uh, fulfilling a childhood type deal or whatever, if, if you really did grow up as a, as a fan of the program. Yeah, and Bryce, you saw firsthand talking to him, talking to dad. It's real. I mean, and that was what they impressed upon me. Like, you know, we hear and you see, you guys see it on the board. They, they, people treat a kid saying, he, you know, Michigan is his dream school, like it's the kiss of death, right? If you go on our board or the Victors Club, they're like, they hate seeing someone say, oh, it's my dream school because they think they automatically Michigan's not going to get them. But what, what Randy and Damani impressed upon me is, no, this is not just lip service. This is not us just throwing it out there. That oh, it's my dream school. He really, he really grew up loving Michigan. He really had a, had a number four jersey, which was, I mean, who wore number four, right? He really had that. So it's one of those deals where – getting him on campus could could really, really resonate, could really, really allow them to gain even more traction in this recruitment. They actually had a visit set up in March. You know, that that's the thing is this is not like a spur of the, oh, you know, we're 
they've always wanted to visit Michigan. This was something they always wanted to do. They have the connection with Dorian, Darion Green Warren. That's a guy who the dad and Domani told me he kind of took him under his wing when he was at modern day as a freshman where he was a junior senior. And he said, listen, I got you. I'm going to help you learn the defense. I'm going to help you get through school. I'm going to help you get through everything. And that's something that really resonated. And that was why they wanted to visit March was when he was coming up to campus, Grand Warren, and they wanted to be there when he moved in. They wanted to be there right then and there. But the other thing I think really sticks out, and I know he's not going to have that opportunity in person to do it, but Coach Zordich has been so big with this recruitment. And he's a guy who's got that Youngstown State kind of that connection because dad's from there and that sort of thing. But they just like his personality. They just like how he connects with them. They like that, you know, don't beat around the bush mentality. We're going to give it to you. If you're screwing up, we're going to tell you if you're screwing up. If you're doing well, we're going to praise you and that sort of thing. And they also like his track record. I mean, if you look, one of the biggest concerns coming into the season was corner play. And you watched, I mean, again, freshman, Mercari Page, he was lined up against Bayman someplace. So for that trust and for him to put him out there, that says something. So they really like him. I think this is a visit that can go a long way in Michigan possibly winning this one. Yeah, and think about it. I mean, you're going to have him there. You're going to have Will Johnson there. You know, another five-star corner in the same room, a legacy guy. I mean, this the 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 star power, the number of top targets that are slated to be in, and we're going to continue to build the list. Uh, you can follow along over the MichiganInsider.com. And now is a better time. Now's as good a time as any, right, Steve? I mean, we got a 50% off deal going on. Isn't that right? Yeah, 50% off an annual sub. Um and they're winning, so everybody's happy, right? So you should. <laughs> this would be a great time to jump on because uh, every everything's peaches and cream or whatever you want to say. So, uh, but no, and then but they're winning. Recruits are real. Allen had a great piece with a lot of reactions from recruits post game. Recruits are as intrigued as ever now. Uh, might see some things pick up in twenty two here mm-hmm. uh, in the, in the near future, and uh, and obviously we just talked about Michigan possibly in a good position to close out twenty one very, very strong as well. So, um, you know, I always say fit the 50, the 60% deals we run. Those are things that if you're interested at all, I'd be, give us a shot. I mean, we're on the site literally every day. Um, all of us are uh, it's in some capacity or at some point. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, man, you we can't really, it's like, you know, one of those <laughs> things it's, it's, it's a really too good of a deal to pass up if you're interested at all. Yeah. We go, recruiting. I mean, when it comes to, Team Intel, Team Insight, Insight Scoop, Inside Scoop. We're going to bring you that when it comes to recruiting. We're going to bring you that from all over the country, all over the world. Uh, we've we've traveled from from Paris to uh, you know to Rome to obviously all over the country. We've been so many places over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and then the the national team of analysts. You mentioned Alan True, who has a great piece on a kid named Isaac Thompson. So be sure to check that out, you VIP subscribers over on the MichiganInsider.com right now. And if you aren't a VIP subscriber, go ahead, take advantage of that 50% off deal. It does not get better than that. Uh, for for basically, what are, what are we talking, like a dime a day, 12 cents a day, something along those lines. Uh, you could be in on the latest scoop. And so uh, definitely when it comes to that recruiting weekend, we're going to keep you up to speed on a daily and certainly weekly basis leading up to that visit weekend. want to highlight one more guy uh, before we bring Josh Newkirk on, because I know he wants to talk about him too, guys. But this was a kid, when I when I saw him on film, before Michigan offered him, I just knew he was going to be one of the top guys in the country. So his, his film, he, he jumps off the screen. You know, as a linebacker with... Uh, you know, with sideline to sideline speed, uh, and he brings the size at about six three and about two fifteen. I mean, just a hawkish presence back there. And I'm talking about Traverse City Central linebacker Josh Burnham. And since Michigan offered, guys, it's just been the big timers have come knocking. Ohio State, 
Alabama, Penn State. I mean, they are they see what Michigan saw, and it was Brian Jean Marie. We bring his name up again. You know, saw this kid, and Michigan had him at camp the year prior. So they had seen him up close and personal. They looked at his junior film or his sophomore film, and it was like, oh yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's let's sign this, let's sign this kid up. Let's extend that scholarship. And and boy, while Michigan certainly has a lot of competition, Bryce, because I know you talked to him, you got to think that the Wolverines are sitting in pretty good shape there. The in-state guy, Michigan's done well in Traverse City. They got Ryan Hayes. They're hoping they can double dip, get another guy from there. And so I know you as well have talked with the whole family, and the family happens to be big Michigan fans. That's right. They're not going to interfere. They're going to let him kind of go through the process, but he knows – kind of where they lie and he knows what he thinks of the program he's built their rapport with the coaches he's already talked with them and he knows they were in there before a lot of these big timers got there so i think once he gets to campus that could potentially put the bow tie in this recruitment yeah just a great family just a great family you you root for him a terrific kid on top of being a terrific athlete you root for him wherever he goes but they are diehard Michigan fans. <laughs> I mean, that's not to say that Michigan can't be beaten. They can. Uh, but I think it's going to be tough uh, because Michigan has prioritized them. I mean, they it's not like they offered them and then took the foot off the gas pedal. I think they realized that this is going to be a big-time guy. And if you're going to guard your yard, if you're going to keep the the other schools from coming in and getting them, you got to stay persistent. I mean, Michigan offered them, and Ohio State was on the phone, like, immediately. Al Washington was like, wait a minute. We were about to do that just so you know. They beat us to the push. So it's that kind of thing. It's heating up with him, and Michigan seemed to sense that, and they are doing everything in their power to to make sure that they can, they, they can guard their yard and keep this kid home. But you heard Steve Loren say it. Uh, if you uh, want more scoop. Now is the time to take advantage of that deal. Go over to MichiganInsider.com. Uh, sign up for that 50% off deal right now. It's only for a limited time. Uh, because I, I want to pause here and bring in Josh Newkirk on the other side because Josh just went to see Josh Burnham. And it reminded him of another guy that I sent him to see. And I think when Michigan fans hear the comparison, they'd be like, man, if he's like that, and I'm telling you, I, I can see it. Sure as the day is long, it is a an outstanding comparison. If he's like that, I'm Michigan fans. If you weren't excited about the the possibility of Josh Burnham before, you certainly will be after you hear what Newkirk has to say. Who, like I said, I mean, he's seen a lot too. He was the one who called out Mike Barrett being a guy. He's calling out Josh Burnham being a guy too. So let's take a break here. We'll come back on the other side with one Mr. Josh Newkirk eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride-or-die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. And now Josh Newkirk joins the podcast. And as I was telling the people before we went to a break here, Josh, you went out to see Josh Burnham, uh, a young man that I was I, I was extremely impressed with the first time I saw him on film. 
He dropped by to see us during our pregame show on Saturday on the heels of the game that you saw against Macomb, Dakota. So let's just start there. It was a loss for Traverse City Central, uh, but a loss that, as I said to him, I think it's going to help them in the playoffs, having seen a team of that caliber. Uh, it, it should grizzle them and ready them uh, for that kind of adversity once they get in the playoffs. But, man, you know, Josh Burnham is a do-everything guy for them. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, he plays quarterback for Traverse City Central, also plays in the middle of that defense. You know, I would say middle linebacker. He's a, he, they just put, He's their best player, so they want to keep him in the middle of the field. I've seen that uh, previously with, you know, Braden McGregor, for example, who's going to play defensive end at Michigan and played middle linebacker in high school. Chase Winovich played high school quarterback and also played linebacker for his team, a, a two-way threat. And then you got a guy that just sort of emerged this year, sort of had a breakout game. I think it's going to be a star for Michigan. Michael Barrett played option quarterback down there in Eldasta. Uh, and also grew up playing linebacker just from my talks with just talking to his father before he uh, eventually committed to Michigan. So you see, I like to see that in guys. It generally translates. They know what's going on. They know where the plays that anticipating the play and they generally uh, carries over to the defensive side when they're playing that quarterback position and just watching him play. He's just a guy that's all over the field, six foot three. I think he's going to play linebacker at the next level. But th- then again, he could be like Chase. He's athletic enough. Maybe he can transition into being an edge player. But the one thing, like we always like to say, he's a football player and he made a lot of plays. He's in the middle of the, he made plays at making tackles all over the field. Plus as a, as a quarterback, I wouldn't say he's strictly an option guy, but they like to run the ball heavy. He had a nice, I think he had a nice 50 yard run in there and he, he'll, he'll power it through for some nice shortage, short yardage run. So he just, he's a complete football player. And like you said, they needed to play a team like uh, Dakota. They don't get that. There's not that level of talent from an overall D one perspective up there by the Traverse city area. I of course graduated from high school up there. So I know it's just not there. The coach wanted to see, get them tested and they won't play a team like Dakota. They'll probably like the semifinals and they have a good shot of making it that far. Yeah. Six, three, about two fifteen, sideline to sideline speed. You watch him play quarterback. I mean, he's good for one long run a game. I mean, the kid to be that big can really, really run. And so it, it sticks with me. I mean, it means something to me because I remember when you said he reminds me of Chase. I remember seeing Chase's film and and watching him run a guy down, mm-hmm. uh, run a guy down from behind, thinking, "Man, this dude, he just has that. He has that suddenness, that that speed uh, with his size that you just you just can't teach." Now you had to with, with Chase. It was a matter of putting on some weight and settling on a position he obviously eventually settled on on defensive end but you already have Josh Burnham right now bigger than Chase I mean Chase Winovich came to Michigan 200 pounds Josh Josh is bigger than that now right and and moves really really well and what I like about the kid is his I mean you you mentioned you know the comparisons his toughness and tonight you watch him run the football He's a guy that runs the football and plays offense like he's a, like he's a defender. Oh. I mean, you know how the defenders have that mentality. Yeah. Josh brings that mentality to the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I like to shoot. Um, we'll have highlights up on TMI later this week. Uh, but I like to shoot uh, game film up up in the stands, and I'm up there in the the, the visitor stands with a very windy day. By the way, uh, he he seeks contact when he's running the football, people are like, you know, Josh, man, he just, he will try to truck you. He does not <laughs> care. And rarely do you see a quarterback who are generally more of the prima donnas of the team. He is like, he's, he's, he's a truck out there and he just wants to run you over. He brings that sort of that mentality. If you're not going to hit me, I'm going to seek you. Uh, and you saw that in the way he plays. So uh, you, like you said, Sam, you hit it right on the head, toughness, great description of the way he plays football. Uh, I think, you know, that's just an attribute not every player has, and he has it. Yeah, and you look at his recruitment, and I know you talked to him about it. You know, he's a kid that grew up a Michigan fan in a Michigan family. And look, does that that ensure, does that mean definitely that he's going to go to Michigan? It does not. And his parents made sure to make it clear. 
that they're going to be supportive of whatever decision he makes. But he said, he, you know, Michigan treats him like family. Yeah, family was the key word that I got from my interview with him, family. And uh, they, they've done a great job of staying in contact with him. You know, we've heard this repeatedly throughout this recruiting process during COVID. They use Zoom to their advantage and they really try to connect with the players that way. They know they can't get them on campus at the moment, but he he's continually talking to the coaches, building that relationship. Uh, and Michigan's doing a good job now. Is, is it a done deal? No, we've, we've, you know, we know that uh, from covering recruiting for all these years, it's never a done deal, but he, you know, when he's got, you know, offers from a team like Alabama, Notre Dame, and some schools that are a little bit more far away, you know, I think he's, you know, growing up in Traverse city, he just wants to see what's out there. I don't blame the kid for wanting to go, uh, you know, take some of his official visits while he can and seeing what else is out there. Do I think that he probably leans Michigan? Sure. And, and a big thing he said to me is it's going to be a family decision. He's going to talk about his family as far as when he's going to make this, uh, you know, announce his commitment. But he's going to he's going to come out with a top five here at the end of his season, somewhere around, around that time frame. So be on the lookout of that. I think Michigan has a great shot of making that top five. I think you do yeah, as well. Yeah, they're a lock for the top five. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I think you would say they're a lock for a top three, top two, right? So we just got, I think he just wants to see who else is out there. And and I, th- I think he's going to do his due diligence to probably just compare everybody to Michigan. I mean, that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think that Michigan is, as I said to the other guys, the other TM parts of the TMI crew that you could sense that Michigan knew that other schools are going to jump on this kid. I mean, just based on the the amount of sheer sort of persistence, they know they got to guard their yard for this kid. This is a national prospect right. in the in the mold. Uh, you know, Ryan Hayes was a was a was a top recruit. Uh, but I don't think his profile got as high as 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 Josh's. You know, the the guy whose profile got as high as Josh's. Remember Jake Fisher? Jake yeah, Fisher. I yeah. was gonna bring him up. Yeah. He went to TC West. Yeah. I remember him yeah. exactly. Yeah, Jake Fisher's profile got that high. He became a, a a big time national prospect and obviously went on to the NFL. And I think Ryan is gonna be an NFL guy too. Uh, but I think what one of the things that maybe depressed Ryan's rating a little bit was that he was a tight end. And, you know, you had a lot of schools say, I don't know about him at, at tight end. His dad was kind of privy to what was going to come down the pipe, yeah, but down the pike, so to speak. He knew his son was going to eventually wind up at, as an offensive tackle. And I think Brian Hayes, Ryan Hayes is a pro as an offensive tackle. But my point is you could see or you can see with how Michigan is all over Josh Burnham that they realize that you can't be passive in this recruitment. When you got Bama and Ohio State, when Michigan offered Josh, I mean, man, Al Washington was on the phone immediately for Ohio State. Say, wait, hey, I just want you to know we were about to do that. Good job, Michigan, for being Johnny on the spot and, and getting in there ahead of time because you want to be first on your home turf, right? You, you know, for a guy Absolutely. like this, you you wanna you wanna plant that flag and let them know that hey, here we go, and we value you. You are a priority for us, and I think he's getting that right now. Absolutely, and I think he's a guy that. Michigan has to get, I mean, you can't let this type of talent uh, leave, leave the nest, so to speak. I mean, he's right in your backyard. Granted, it's about three and a half hours up North, but you, you have to get talent like this. Keep it in the state of Michigan, especially when you know the kid grew up rooting for Michigan and you just got to keep, keep the uh, momentum rolling. Cause this, he's going to be again. And, and maybe this isn't a position, but I mean, he's athletic enough. He could play tight end. I mean, it doesn't matter. This guy is a guy you want on your roster. So, and especially when you got teams like Bama and Ohio state knocking, you knew that was going to happen and just got to stay on top of them. Sideline to sideline line. Exactly. I, can, I can see, I can see him doing a bunch of different. I mean, he, to me, Josh Burnham is a guy that you stick in your, in, in your linebacker, uh, in your linebacker room, and you use him all over. Right. You, he's in. A, he's playing the middle. He's blitzing. He, you're bringing him off the edge. You're dropping him in coverage. He is a super versatile kid that loves football. Has a you know a real uh, you know thirst and love for the game. You know he's a football junkie. Yeah. And so so that translates to a guy, someone, 
in our live stream when we when we um, had him on on Saturday for the pregame show. Someone chimed in and called him Luke Keekley Jr. <laughs> and, and I mean, I mean, it's one of the fans did. And I said, you know what? I, I mean, I, as as far as his style of play, makes sense. Makes it does sense. make sense. So. Uh, it, it also makes sense to, since we have you on, Josh, before we let you go, I know you just made it down before you saw Josh Burnham this past, uh, this past weekend, the weekend prior, you made a trip down to the Peach State to see some tight ends. Now, one that is committed to Michigan in the class of 2022 and the other that Michigan clearly hopes to get a commitment from. So the commitment, let's start with him first, Marlon Klein. What did you think of Marlon when you saw him? Well, I think uh, first off, beautiful campus in the m- middle of the Appalachian Mountains. And it's the first time I've gone to a high school game where they had an actual gate to let me in, a, a, a gate, Sam. But <laughs> So I've seen it all. It's, this, this job can take you to places you never thought you'd see before. Uh, yeah, I think he's athletic tight end. He's definitely going to be a pass, pass catcher first. He only had one catch on the game. It was a nice catch. Uh, I would have liked to have seen more, you know, balls thrown his way. You know, I'd like I'd like to have seen that. But it was a team due to COVID. It was a, a rematch. They played him the first game of the season. And I guess in that game, Marlon caught a ball at the end of the game to win the game. I didn't, of course, get that. But <laughs> but I heard, you know, athletic. Uh, I, I one play that sticks out like his his quarterback fumbled and and he ran a guy down and and tackled him uh, a guy from behind it was like a or was an interception excuse me and he ran the defensive back down from behind tackled him that just showed me he plays with high energy uh, we'll need to add some size once he gets to Michigan but as a lot of guys do I think he's probably only about two two twenty soaking wet if I'm being nice but athlete, you know he's definitely got the size six five. Uh, and he's what Michigan looks for in a tight end, athletic guy that can catch the ball. I mean, we didn't really know much about Eric all before he was sort of a, not a under the radar guy and look how he's turned out. I'm going to trust, uh, Jim and his team when they're, when they're uh, evaluating tight ends, he seems to always find some of these guys that don't aren't as the high accolade guys and they end up doing pretty good. So, um, he's a guy, I think that the more he develops, uh, it's going to be, he'll, add some more weight and he's already got the speed. He'll, he'll be a pretty good tight end for Michigan. And I like his backstory kid from Germany. Uh, it's playing down. He, he moved over to the States to play against better competition to play American football. Uh, he's only been playing for, I think he said about five years and maybe not. And then he went up to campus and went on an unofficial visit to Ann Arbor in the, in the summer and just fell in love with it. And he was just like this, the climate, everything reminds me of Germany. And I just love the campus and I knew it was a place for me. All right. And then the other kids you saw Michigan jumped on them early. They were his first offer and the floodgates have opened yeah. since for West Forsyth tight end Oscar dealt. What about Oscar? Yeah. He's about the similar build. Uh, as Klein, I'd say 6'5", 220, and uh, he had he caught three balls of that game. I had two, couple two uh, couple catches over sixteen yards. Uh, I like him. I think he's going to be. I don't know. I guess he could be. He could be as high, highly rated as a guy like Jake Butt was out of high school. I think when you see Michigan offered him, they lucked out that his dad grew up in Michigan uh, between uh, Ann Arbor and Lansing. I guess his uncle went to Michigan State. His dad grew up a Michigan fan. His dad cried when he got the Wolverine offer. Uh, and he he really wants to go up to Michigan and check it out. I think that's really going to stand between – that's what's going to take Michigan to the next step in his recruitment. He needs to get on campus. He wants to see what Michigan's all about. But then also you got other schools like Georgia has jumped in. Ohio State just jumped in. I think all these schools see his talent. He's going to become a national guy, and I know you agree to that that statement, Sam, and – you know, it's, it's, he's going to be a guy that Michigan's just got to stay in on him and keep recruiting him because I think they're doing a good job right now. He's got a good relationship with Coach Moore. It's just got to stay on him, and that's that's just the recruiting game right now. And I think they're doing they're off to a great start. I don't think he's going to make a decision any time until he can go and make all his visits, and he wants to visit them all. Yeah, he. The significant thing to me though is he makes a big deal out of the fact that Michigan was first. He hasn't forgotten who was first in the gate and how everyone followed Michigan. It's like Michigan triggered everyone else. They saw it first. They realized his talent first. 
And that really seems to register with him. And so between that and the rapport that Sharon has built, I mean, Sharon does a terrific job, one of the best recruiters in the country, not only for his ability to relate, but also for his early, early identification of talent, too. Both of those things are at play in Michigan's courtship of Oscar Delp. So one to really keep an eye on, I put in an early crystal ball on him uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, and I think, you know, I think Michigan is going to have a very good chance. Still has family in the uh, in the area. They uh, they have a real understanding of the combination of academics and athletics. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, it'll be interesting to to see how quickly his recruitment moves along, uh, if and when they uh, lift or, or when they lift the dead period. Like if they lift it in January, which actually no one really respects right now or, or expects right now. Excuse me. If they do that, then I can see him getting all his visits out the way in the winter and making a decision. That was one of the things that he talked to me about. But this this may go into the summer before they lift this dead period. So it'll be interesting to see, Josh. Mm-hmm. Great job, as always, my man. I know you're going to be out and about seeing some other top prospects. Now is the time, folks, for you to get in on the MichiganInsider.com. We have a 50% off deal, 50% off annual deal right now over on the MichiganInsider.com. Check it out. It's only for a limited time. If you've been sitting on the fence, now's the time to get off of it because – the recruiting information is going to flow hot and heavy here uh, in the coming weeks. The team intel and info now that the season starts uh, has started is going to ramp up even more. This is the time to get in. Go to the MichiganInsider.com, check off that 50% off deal, and get in on the action over on TMI. That's going to do it for this week's edition. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate it, be sure to review it, be sure to tell your friends all about it, tell them they can get it wherever they find their podcast. Google, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Let them know they can find it there. And we'll be back next week here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.